0: Are you someone who loves the ocean, climate solutions, sustainability, and marine biology? Hi, I'm Carissa, a marine biologist and co-host of Sustainability in the Sea,
1: a podcast for ocean people looking to find their way in ocean conservation. We sit down with wave makers doing awesome work to protect our blue planet, and you can listen to their story to help
0: you build yours. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: Welcome to Climify, the podcast that connects climate scientists and design educators together so that we can help combat our climate crisis
0: in our classrooms.
2: The discussions on this program are geared to help you climify your syllabi to assign projects that not only teach design fundamentals, but also can have a positive impact on our climate. Hi, I'm Michelle. I'm a multidisciplinary designer, and you can find my work
0: at michellewin.design. Hi, I'm Gianna Romero. I also go by Gigi Romero. And I am an industrial designer, but I prefer multidisciplinary designer as my title. I also have a minor in design for sustainability from the Savannah College of Art and Design. And my where you can find me is at com.
3: In the past two episodes, we focused on six current design students and how they felt about their design education. On today's program, I'm talking with two recent design graduates to learn more about the challenges they've faced trying to get a job or freelance as a climate designer. Both Michelle and Gianna are a few years out of school and place their climate values as a top priority in their freelance work and wherever they want to get a full-time job. What they have to say about this journey is a bit disheartening, I have to admit. But what I admire about them both is that they don't give up and I do believe they will help bring change to the design field. I hope you enjoy their stories and gain some valuable insights into how to freelance as a climate designer. And for the design educators listening in, they both offer good ideas on what we can do to help make it easier for our students to follow a less bumpier path than Michelle and Gian. Michelle, Gigi. Welcome to this special edition of Clamify, where we're talking to two recent grads to learn more about uh, what they're doing and what they hope could happen in their design education uh, for, I guess, future generations, so to speak, for um, being involved with climate, sustainability, and other things. Uh, I'm glad you both are here.
0: Glad to be here. Same.
3: Yeah. Uh, What are you both up to these days and uh, after graduation? And and what kind of careers are you looking for? Michelle, we'll start with you.
1: Okay.
2: Um, So I've been freelancing after graduation. And otherwise, I've been interning part-time. And I guess I'm looking, well, I'm open to a lot of opportunities because I am multidisciplinary. and. I'm not specializing yet, so um, I guess I'm just trying to get more experience and I'm open to working for a company whose values align with my own. So I would want to work towards something um, for the common good instead of just
3: doing. The evil empire, right? Yeah, <laughs> Okay. <Sure. laughs> Gigi, what about you?
0: Uh, So, yeah, um, currently I am unemployed and I am sort of looking for the same thing. I'm really looking for a company structure that focuses on either supporting uh, employees and designers like myself and the vision that I have for designing for the climate Mm -hmm. or just, you know, in their own values as um, what their company stands for around the environmental uh, impact. Um, So yeah, I I have been doing a little bit of freelance work, um, but most of my experience is in startup work. And um, I do have a few internship experiences from my college years um, in industrial
3: design. Yeah, well, both of you mentioned um, a few things that overlap here. Values, you mentioned common good, and you mentioned the climate or the environment. Why are those things so important for you as a as a designer and maybe as a career?
0: Um, for me, uh, this sort of hit home in college. Um I did have uh, two professors that were uh, in my minor design for sustainability. They taught um, my courses there. and after hearing some of their experiences um, with either producing like mass productive products or you know certain ideologies that kind of evolved over time in the design industry um they weren't happy with like what they were doing beforehand and they they Mm -hmm. really tried to teach um their students you know this is the right way to do it these are the the right ways to think about design um and a little bit stemmed back from um you know, just putting the environment first before you even start the design process, and so I, I that kind of stuck with me, and um that's how I wanna do my career. That's how I want to you know impact design in my way in starting from the beginning, kind of taking um my time through slow design and stuff like that through my career and anywhere that I go,
3: yeah, so they would do you think without that you would have you would be where you are right now or? Or were they just, were they like the the catalyst for this?
0: Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, I don't think I would be where I'm at now. Um, a big part of the reason why I left one of uh, my previous startups was because um, a lot of those values that I took with me from college didn't end up, like, their values didn't align with mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to be honest, like, no, I don't. And it had a huge impact on me.
3: Yeah. Michelle what about you?
2: I guess I feel like it's a really huge issue right now the climate crisis and to just kind of gloss over it doesn't feel right to me especially as a designer that is interested in using their skills for the common good. I feel that it would just be wasteful to not use my skills Mm -hmm. uh, towards something good.
3: Was this something for I guess both of you that Started even before you went to college? Were you was this something you thought about when you were, you know, an elementary school kid not too long ago? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what what did you what were what were your thoughts back then?
2: Well, I remember just learning about it when I was a kid and I just was shocked and I was
3: about really the climate just- or
2: yeah, about climate and then just like recycling. And from then on, I, I was really obsessed with recycling and turning off the lights and turning off the water. And after that, it kind of ended. You know, I kind of forgot about it. And then, I mean, yeah. And then as I got older, just watching the news and reading articles and things about it. I kind of um, got into it again, and it was just a constant reminder, and now I feel like it's just part of everyday life.
3: Mm-hmm. Did you, do you have a similar story, or what was your interest from from a younger age, or were you not?
0: Um, to be honest, I, I don't think it was as prominent in my childhood. Um, mine is kind of the opposite. In college, it was where I kind of took uh, my responsibility as a designer into yeah. consideration. Um, as a kid, it was, you know, it was there. Like I remember, you know, the Great Barrier Reef and, you know, seeing like the the transition from like it flourishing to like bleached coral and things like that. And it, it's, it hurts. You know, I remember those feelings as a kid. Yeah. it hit Yeah. It never like hit me as to like, okay, now this is what I want to do with my career. Like as a kid. <laughs> Well, I was aware of it. Yeah, for sure.
3: Yeah. I mean, I remember back to those days when I think recycling started in my community and my parents weren't all that into it. Like they, we had a little bin and we're supposed to put the boxes of cereal, obviously empty, and our milk jugs out there. And they just, I mean, I always have to pull it out of the trash because they, they didn't think it was worth their time and, and I got all upset about it. That's that's how I remember getting involved personally with this. I don't I don't know if that rings true for you, Michelle, but it, it kind of sounds like it.
2: Yeah. I always felt so wasteful and like deep down inside I felt like I knew there was something wrong because I felt like the way we lived life was just so easy. And I remember asking one of my parents one time, I was like, Where does all the trash go?
3: Like you guys have um uh some experience in this deep interest in it what was your take on like the rest of the students in your program did did they did you feel like they were did they talk about this topic like what what happened
0: I I don't really remember exactly um but I do remember there being some like extreme um like sustainability like Like some of the the friends that I have were like super involved in like the recycling, uh, like their community as far as like, you know, they would ride their bike around the college campus, you know, they, they sold their car. Like they, they like legit went into
1: like
0: (laughs) waste mode and they were were serious. They were serious. Um, I never really like talked to them. I just kind of saw their actions and I was like, okay. Yeah, I, I, like, didn't feel worthy to, like, be in really? sustainability classes because there was so many people who were, like, extremely into, like, zero-waste living.
3: Was this then the sustainability minor or? Yeah.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah, okay. So, and you were also a graphic design student, right?
0: No, I was industrial design. Industrial,
3: that's what I meant, industrial design. Uh, yeah. What, what about there? Were people, like, was this a topic in industrial design classes or?
0: Oh, no. industrial. No. Lion, which that was an answer to one of the questions that I that you that you sent over to us in an email. Yeah, I wish that would have been a fundamental part of industrial design in sustainability courses because this was just a minor that I chose out of passion and like mm-hmm. figuring out that's sort of where I wanted to go with my career. Um, but no, I mean I did have a professor, one professor who did crossover between the two and he taught industrial design and design for sustainability.
1: Yeah.
3: And
0: so he incorporated a lot of, you know, a mixture of both which I really appreciated. So you
3: had one at least. One. That's one Lauren. Yeah. One.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean I, I've had people tell me on this show before that why is sustainability a separate class? Right. Yeah. Why isn't it just embedded in everything that we do as designers? Mm-hmm seems like you felt that way a little bit.
0: Very much so. I still feel like that to this day.
3: Michelle, did you have a, what, what were your classmates like? Were they super interested in this topic or?
2: Well, Eric, since you were once my professor. I'm a,
3: okay. Yeah. Know. Transparency. Yes, I was.
2: <laughs> I feel like there were a lot of classmates that were either really into it or just not at all. Mm. Um, there were a lot of people that I met that I really connected with on the subject. And they kind of felt like they wanted to do something about it, but just didn't really know how. Didn't know how. Yeah, and then there were classmates that just kind of didn't really care, were more into branding and like the Mm -hmm. visual side, just like showy. And you know, that's okay, but I feel like there was, there were a lot of people who cared and I feel like that comes with being a designer
3: caring mm-hmm. yeah, we should care, right should, I even think that the climate designers group talked about this, but this idea of the Hippocratic oath that like the the doctors and nurses have to take about do no harm, and that you know maybe designers need to have some sort of Hippocratic oath for for their profession, but of course, like it in order to do that, you need. You need the education, right? You can't just expect someone to do it and, and know how to. So I'm wondering up for you guys, like how, um, how do you think design education, first of all, went for you and considering your interests and values, like what, what could be done better?
0: Yeah. Um, well, I went to the Savannah College of Art and Design and I feel like it was very fast paced. I mean, our semesters essentially were called quarters. So it was intense. I mean, there are a lot of times where like I didn't like my projects just because they felt like more tedious to like yeah. try and get done. I mean, I had two jobs, you know, there I had more than two jobs at one point. But my senior year when I was doing my focus, I had two jobs, you know, trying yeah. to make all of these things It was just a lot. Um, so it was, it was really challenging, but I, mm-hmm. I feel like I, the things that prepared me the most in a weird way was, uh, connecting with my colleagues that I had projects mm-hmm. with and, or my professors that I still stay in contact with till today.
3: Your network, right?
0: Yeah. The network of people that I gained from SCAD is amazing. That's cool. Um, yeah, so I feel like that in a way I've been prepared, but I feel like what, like what we were saying earlier is like having the sustainability integrated into every class that was design related, I feel like would have prepared me a little bit more for how to approach my passion and like how to approach my passion in the workforce. Mm -hmm.
3: Are you finding like in some of the freelance work you're doing or jobs that you've had that sustainability comes up? or climate comes up in those jobs?
0: No, not at all. Mm. And that's sort of... That's depressing. Me. Yeah. Because, you know, when you... I don't want to say submit yourself to freelance, but, like, when you give your all to freelance, it becomes yeah. about the client and what their needs are rather than your own.
1: Oh, yeah, so yeah.
0: like having to navigate, uh, you know, that... that that tension is a little tricky, um, as far as what I've found, um, cause I'm, I'm very like climate focused in what I want to do. And I try to preach that to like the people that, um, either hire me on, or I'm working for another company. Um, and a lot of that, that climate focus comes from, you know, thinking through every little design that I do in a slow design type of way. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, when freelance contracts you, they have a time period that they expect you to get so much stuff done in, and it, sometimes it's not, you know, eco-considerable. So
1: it <laughs> yeah, <count. laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. I mean, that's even a whole other topic for you guys. Is like, <laughs> as students, right did Did you get enough? I mean, you're you're both freelancing to you contracting. Uh, after graduation, was this something that was even talked about when you were in school? Michelle, was this a topic that you heard? How to freelance, how to live in that uh, gig life?
2: I feel like it was brought up maybe once or twice. Otherwise, you just kind of have to ask for the information, which is fine. But um, I felt like whenever my professors did bring it up, they would say that, I mean, it's possible, but you really have to work hard and otherwise, freelance is a great thing to do on the side if you want to you know pursue a different avenue, or if you need you know, extra
1: yeah. financial
2: support, or maybe just a place where you can be creative if your job is more corporate or something like that. Do
3: you think this was like uh something that should have been talked about more?
2: Um, I guess so. I mean, I feel like just general preparation for searching for a job or just preparing your portfolio or your resume Mm -hmm. um, is important just because we're not otherwise taught those skills except for the one portfolio class that we had, which was eight weeks, but I do wish it was longer,
3: longer. Gigi, did, did SCAD have a lot of these conversations with you?
0: No, like, not no? at all. <laughs> really, yeah.
3: So So, similar experience here, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, I agree with Michelle in the sense that um, I, I wish they would have told you, like, how to navigate the freelance world when you're out in it. And not just, like, as a side thing, because... I mean, I've been in the freelance game since I graduated in 2019. But at a certain point, some people do take this on as a career. And that should be considered, too, rather than just here's my title, here's my position with that same title. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, I wonder, like for both of you here, like the idea of being a contractor, freelancer, do you think that gives you more um, power or less in terms of Talking about climate or bringing the concept of sustainability into your work.
2: I guess it, I feel like it gives you less power just because if you're freelancing, then I guess you're not necessarily someone that is there long term, but I right. use that term mostly because you know, sometimes people work with freelancers for a really long time and they just like freelancing with them. They don't want to bring them on full-time and maybe the freelancer doesn't want to be on full-time. But Mm -hmm. um, considering that relationship, I guess, I don't know, something about freelance sometimes feels more transactional to me and less personal. And like you have less of a relationship with the company and the people who work there. Yeah. And I feel... That a lot of the time when you're freelancing, it's something that's remote. At least for me,
1: mm. in my experience, it
2: is. And so you don't really establish a personal connection in the same way that you would if you were in person. And with that being said, you kind of don't know if you should voice your opinion. Yeah. Because um, again, when you're doing freelance, all you're just supposed to do what the client wants. You know. Right.
3: Yeah, that totally makes sense to me. Right. Because you're how much investment do they have in you? And that sort of is like a question mark for you in your head. Like how much should I really invest in them if they're not really, you know, giving me the healthcare that I need. Right.
0: Yeah. I have to totally agree with you, Michelle. Um, I, I feel like a lot of freelancers do see it as like your transactional type of relationship rather than a place where you can speak your mind and lend your experience to whatever project they have you're doing. Um, Yeah. Like I feel like anytime that I've tried to give some sort of feedback, most of the time it's like, okay, well, I'm using you as a tool, you know, please get these things done rather than, you know, oh yeah, I'll sit here and listen to, you know, how you've come about with your career and what you really want. Like, it is. It is a challenge.
3: Yeah. So, with that in mind, I, I'm assuming you're both looking for full time work, then, uh, or am I wrong on that? Do you enjoy being a freelancer?
0: I don't.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> I it's mean, fine. I would say that I don't like it, but well, sometimes I don't like it. I think it just really depends on your client sure. and
0: what you're doing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, that's very true. It yeah. definitely wants to deal with the client, what they expect, when they expect it. Yeah. For the most part, you know, I've been through like startups uh, in my career and they're really difficult to work with, especially wearing a bunch of hats. And you kind of have to do that mm-hmm. with clients too. But um, I'm yeah. really establishment.
3: <laughs> yeah. Like the, the, even I think in my experience too, as a someone who worked, full time in house or at an agency, like I always had to wear different hats, right? It's sometimes explaining design to a coworker, right? Like, no, this is this is what I do. It's you actually have a degree for it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, just hey, I have to be a copywriter today because they're out sick. Or, you know, all of a sudden I've become a packaging designer. It sounds like you've already experienced that.
0: Yeah, very much so. That's why I've kind of gone with the term of multidisciplinary design. Yeah,
1: yeah. You I both mean, did.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can relate to it. We're, yeah. we're, you know, day in, day out. And there's a part of me that really loves it, but another part of me that, like, kind of wants to hone in on something.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I feel like it'll come with time.
3: Yeah, it does. I didn't forget you, Michelle. I, I, I didn't give you a chance to a- answer the question about what your uh, education, uh, how it prepared you well, and and what you would like to have seen differently there, specifically around climate.
0: Okay, so I
2: feel like that's kind of a hard question because part of me feels like you gain what you give. Mm. You have to be interested and you have to want to be a better designer and ask questions and be engaged. Otherwise, you might not be, you know, getting the full experience that, You could be because, you know, your professors are always going to be there and want you to learn, but, you know, they can't force you to be interested or, you know, want to ask questions or be better. It's up to you to, you know, come to class and want to actually have a good project that impresses people. And so I feel like I can't really say it falls on my university's shoulders or mine on my own. I guess it's kind of both.
3: Yeah. Uh, it's a two way street, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I feel like in terms of climate and sustainability, I honestly feel that it was kind of glossed over. You know, I felt like it was brought up when we would talk about coming up, you know, with oh, our theoretical own companies or just some sort of project about or related to Social responsibility or environmental responsibility. And it would just be an aspect of it. It would be a component of it. Oh, how are you addressing this? And then we would move on. And it wouldn't be any deeper than that. It was kind of service level. And I just wish that it was more foundational.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Me too. (laughs) It's been something I've been arguing for for a while. So it's good to hear that both of you feel that way Um, and that a lot of your other classmates did too but maybe we do need just some work on getting everyone on board with that but um, and maybe this question I think gets to that point and that do you feel that climate change is an important topic for designers to be uh, to understand whether it be in school or on the job?
2: Yeah I do feel that it is important because after I graduated, I kind of realized that I didn't know my environmental footprint as a graphic designer. And it's kind of complex. It's kind of hard because you're more digital. Sometimes, you know, you're involved in, you know, print design and the materials for packaging and things like that. But from a distance, you know, you're only involved at, a distance.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, the, just the idea there that the distance, right? Like you don't know the materials that you're using well enough. If you're doing packaging, like what is it the package made out of? Well, you just designed what the outside of the package oh, right. looks like, right?
2: Yeah. And just like, if you, I felt like uncomfortable knowing, not knowing my footprint as a graphic designer, because yeah. it's different. You know, we have files and digital storage. Whereas sometimes industrial designers or, you know, fashion designers, they have, you know, a more physical thing to deal with.
0: Yeah, it is very much an important topic for designers. Um, And I feel like sometimes it's not taken seriously either. Um, But I have to agree with Michelle with um, the point of it that like we have such a responsibility for the impact that our designs make cause either in the climate or just the environment in general. Yeah. And it's a big part of like what made me rethink my entire career at one point and why I was doing it. Um Really,
3: what what were your what was your thoughts there?
0: Yeah, it was actually through one of my professors um and he was my favorite professor um he has um he was actually one of the creators of the Keurig coffee machines. Oh yeah. And he was actually the professor who, um, kind of straddled in between industrial design classes and design for sustainability classes that I talked about earlier.
3: Interesting. Cause isn't Keurig kind of a, a problem for the environment, right?
0: Exactly. Well, that was the biggest reason why I, you know, had to rethink about a lot of the things that I was doing as a designer. One thing that, um, stuck with me that he said was you know the reason why he was he said he was teaching sustainability classes in tandem with industrial design is because he felt like he had a huge responsibility to teach careers on like what he wished he would have known before making all of these you know environmentally changing decisions with his career that he didn't really he, he wasn't taught himself in order to consider yeah, and I have such a huge respect Gosh, for. Gosh,
3: imagine if he was taught those things.
0: Right, exactly. That that was what set me on a different path as to like what I'm deciding for. And
3: Didn't he say he regretted doing the, the whole project?
0: You oh know? yeah, no, he he. That was like one of the first things that like <laughs> he introduced his class with. Wow, what with a like, story! It really was. I mean, it touched me. I still tell the story like to so many people to this day, but. Yeah, I mean, if I'm an industrial designer and he was an industrial designer, you know, in my eyes, it's like if if you know my creations ever get to be as big as the Keiko or the Keurig machines are today, you know, how how am I going to shape the future? What is my responsibility?
1: Yeah, and
0: yeah, so no how kidding. How do I how do I take um take responsibility for it?
3: Now, I'm assuming, and I may be wrong because you should never assume that you had some conversations about materials in your minor in sustainability. Uh, I wonder, did you in industrial design have conversations in there about plastics and, and metals and the materials they're used to make products?
0: Yeah. No, we did. And it was by that same professor, actually. Oh,
3: good. Okay.
0: Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> a little bit of both though which i really appreciated because mm-hmm. you know he taught us plastics of course and then he also taught us a lot of alternatives right. and you know we had to research our own you know biodegradable and sustainable materials to work with in a project um, that i actually won a international design award for later oh, on Awesome. Um, but yeah like he taught those in order to make a product with just sustainable
1: materials Mm. and that
0: was really difficult and it and it sort of like made me think like okay this is really difficult right now yeah like what is my career going to be like on the outside of college and like when are these materials going to be mass-produced as far as like sustainable materials and like how can I find these and incorporate these into my passion as to what I do with my career so
3: yeah. Yeah. Wow. Are you finding materials coming up a lot in your work outside of college now?
0: Very rarely. Yeah. You have to really scope them out, but um I do. And it was something that, you know, I take as a priority.
3: Yeah. Michelle, did you have a lot of conversations in the graphic design program about materials, essentially?
0: No.
2: <laughs>
3: no. Not, now, even paper, wow. not even paper, not even
2: paper. No, we didn't talk about paper or ink or any of that. Um, I remember learning a lot about materials in my intro to fashion course. I learned a lot about sustainability and um, how those materials were made, and you know how cotton is actually really—it um, has a huge impact on the environment. And yeah, it does. But, no, I never learned about like what printing something with a poster would do
3: so um what what are your thoughts then, both of you, about if we are to create um, climate design or graduate climate designers from design school, how do we incorporate should we incorporate uh, materials in, into what you learn?
0: I think definitely leaving a larger margin for what those things cost and how much time it takes in order to research where those materials are coming from, how you're going yeah. to, you know, make them for specific tooling that, you know, you're pre-existingly paying for. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Those those materials are a, a ton more expensive. And I actually had a, a situation like that, you know, not too long ago where we had to rethink the tooling of one of our products um, for one of my other companies entirely because we wanted to use a more sustainable craft cardboard and it costs oh. them a ton of money, but that was the investment that they chose. And that was something that I think more companies should, should, you know, prioritize.
3: Well, that makes me feel better.
0: Yeah, I agree. I feel like it's hard
2: when it comes to graphic design, but I just generally feel that all artists or designers should be familiar with the materials or mediums that they're using every day and how they should safely handle them and dispose of them or whatnot
3: yeah so this is where we get to the fun part of the conversation here you're you're both of you are here to share your experiences and your design education and career so far and I want to spend some time with you brainstorming or hearing your thoughts on your task is to redo or rethink um, design education, graphic, industrial design, fashion design, you name it, um, for the future, right? Like what we have a lot of problems we're facing and designers should be aware of them. And one of them is the climate. So this is uh, your opportunity to uh, help us, design educators, uh, rethink what we're doing. And so, do you have some initial thoughts about that? Like, what needs to be done to to change so that some of the negative experiences that you had are are fixed? Any thoughts on that? That's a big question. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> I love question Now, i mean yeah me too where else do you get this sort of platform and i really appreciate you asking this question um it's very difficult to say i mean with how fast design is evolving now like there's so many different programs that i've had to learn that you know i never learned in college that weren't even even on the radar in
3: college Mm.
0: i was only like three years ago you know um
3: yeah it moves really fast huh
0: yeah Especially (laughs) engineering, like with industrial design and engineering software programs and mentoring and stuff like that.
3: Yeah.
0: So, I would have to say definitely start with cradle-to-cradle mentality first, like teaching Mm. the values of cradle-to-cradle design.
3: Can you define that for for maybe some of the people who don't know what that means?
0: Yeah. Cradle-to-cradle, I'll say it in like a synopsis that's <laughs> probably yeah, not a sure. person, but uh cradle to cradle to me means you know designing a product with the end life in consideration hmm. so like where it's going to go right yeah like in the you know usually the landfill or something like that or designing a product so it doesn't have to end up in a landfill yeah
3: hopefully not
0: yeah exactly like that it's completely up to you but i feel like that's what we should be taught you know, pretty early on in like the how to sketch phase and like how to draw and stuff like (laughs) that when designers are going through like their basic courses. I see, like
3: in their first year, their first semester.
0: Yeah, first and second year for sure. Um, You know, because art history can only go so far. (laughs) Right. But um, I feel like if we start there with students who are curious about, how to make an impact and why they do the things they do the environment mm-hmm. is should and always be at the forefront and yeah because yeah. that, that's why like michelle was saying earlier it applies to whether you're a graphic designer fashion designer industrial designer
3: right. all universal, of the gloves well. universal yeah mm-hmm. yeah so the first two years then are Everything that you would learn, typically, plus um, these principles of sustainability and uh, environmental science. Got it, Michelle. Do you have any uh, thoughts on that? Would, would would you want to take classes like?
2: <laughs> I would. I agree with Gigi, and i I feel like it should be foundational. So, I agree. It should be in the first year that we should be learning it. And it should only be deeper embedded as we keep going through the curriculum. Mm -hmm. And another thing we could learn as designers is having integrity. And this is kind of hard, but...
3: Yeah, what does that mean?
2: You know, just like choosing to work for a company that has a mission or has values that are, are good. And
3: yeah, For the common good.
2: Yeah. And that's hard because I recognize that not everyone has that privilege. And sure. I recognize that, you know, people have to survive and they need to take jobs and they shouldn't be shamed for, you know, taking a job for whatever company it is that is not, you know, environmentally friendly or responsible. Got to pay your but, bills, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like that should be taught alongside um, just foundational best practices of your major and how to just be sustainable in the field that you're working in.
3: Mm -hmm. So it seems like you want some more like conversations around ethics and, and working and after, after school type situations too.
2: Yeah, because, um, now that I've graduated and kind of like before I was going to graduate, I was like, what am I going to do though? Because you don't really know what a sustainable career looks like for a graphic designer. And that can just be, you know, just having that integrity and choosing to work for companies that are going to be socially responsible. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it's kind of hard to find your place.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do, do you do you find the same thing, Gigi? That there's a need for that kind of conversation, uh, maybe like more in your as you become towards a senior.
0: Um. Yeah. And um, to kind of go off your point about um ethic, I think that's become a big part of choosing my next career, or uh, not my career, but um my next position with a company or you've been doing freelance work and um designers sometimes get like chewed up and spit out you know and it's yeah. very easy to become just tired or just kind of worn out over time uh through the different hats that you're wearing let alone uh having your passion kind of put to the background mm. uh so yeah i i definitely think um just to agree your point,
3: like the chewed up and spit out part, like a, that's um, w- where do you find that happening? Is it just that uh, they they uh, you burn out, or they just hire you and let you go?
0: Um, well, in my experience, and a lot of my you know prior or previous colleagues' experiences, we've worked for a lot of startups, and mm. that is a very either a toxic culture or it's very draining Yeah. Um, and there's it's very few and far between where you find a startup that fits you and actually is successful um and successful i mean like through ethics lines and also um you know profit and growth um So, yeah, I think ethics for me at my point in my career is I've experienced a few startups where I'm burnt out. And um, I think the next position that I want is something that's more focused around who I am as the designer, what I want to do for that company, what I bring, what I offer um, and whatnot, because those are important. And my voice has value, just like every other designer's voice has value.
3: Right, right. It sounds like you've had a, a pretty rough start to your current
0: <laughs> yeah but i mean that does go along the lines of like i have taken positions where you know i have to pay my bills
3: yeah
1: so
0: it, it has been difficult to act on why i do what i do mm-hmm. first rather than as an afterthought to you know i need money to pay my rent type yeah of
3: thing. <laughs> yeah I, I know um michelle you mentioned that uh Multidisciplinary. not necessarily sure about the de- what to call yourself as a designer but do either one of you have a uh like a dream dream design job or a project that you'd want to do
2: um i guess i used to think i did but
3: <laughs> oh no <laughs> my dreams are crushed
1: they were crushed
2: <laughs> but um i guess now that i'm getting more experience i don't want to speak on, on what my Mm -hmm. dream job would be, because I guess I don't really know now.
3: (laughs) Oh, okay. Now that I'm getting
2: more experience.
3: So you had one and then you working more and then you're realizing maybe that's not what I thought it was going to be.
2: Yeah, I guess so. Or I just would need to dabble in the other areas to see if I'm more interested in that because I've gotten a lot of experience, you know, in one thing,
0: but. You know, I haven't explored any other things.
1: Yeah. What about you,
3: Gigi?
0: Um, yeah, I, same thing. I really don't know. I thought I knew a long time ago, but,
3: <laughs> you
0: know, it's changed quite a bit just with the experiences I've had and understanding how difficult it is to actually get sustainable products incorporated into um, the shelves, let alone into a design. Mm process so I don't know I'm still searching
3: would it be fair to say to both of you that climates and or climate and, and social impact are important components to what your dream uh, design job or career would be
0: most definitely yeah yeah okay.
3: <laughs> well then here's your chance then I'm giving you the opportunity in this question to become a, a design educator like me and you're planning the ideal, in your mind, your mind, the ideal design class or, or project, design project. You're going to teach this class to cover uh, what you think is important for upcoming design graduates. What would that be?
0: What would the class curriculum look like?
3: Yeah. yeah. Okay. What would you do? You're, you're the teacher now not the student roles reversed and and you're in charge from what you've learned, uh, what would you think um, needs to be taught and why?
2: Take it away, Gigi. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know this is a
3: tough, it can be a tough question for sure, but now's your chance to enact revenge, right? As, As the students becoming teachers.
0: Okay. Well, I guess I would start with probably, I mean, Sketching obviously is super important to know. I think that's like the first step into realizing if design is right for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, definitely work on some sketching, um, physical, digital, all of the above. Uh, that'd be sweet for sure. Uh, depending on what you're using it for. Um, so see, technical
3: how? skills are super important. Dude, that's oh, going to yeah. be incl- Yeah. Okay. Because
0: those will always be around. Like a. Yeah. Div- I've been in, I've worked in Adobe for 10 years now. So like, it's like, it's always been a part of my life.
3: Yeah. Um, It's your best friend or your your enemy at the same time.
0: Oh yeah. Both at all (laughs) times. But going back to the ideologies of cradle to cradle design, Mm -hmm. uh, sustainable solutions, uh, problem solving, and a, slow design timeline type of way
3: can you define that for us slow design
0: yeah sure um slow design to me is and you can find this on my website too in my about page on gianna romero designs.com com. Um, but i talk a little bit about slow design timelines being essential to the environment and how if you think about a product or whatever you're designing and giving yourself time to do it in as far as like your employer giving you the time to design it fully Mm -hmm. to consider its full life going back to the cradle to cradle idea um that is going to be a more impactful more like the product is going to have a longer lifespan rather than if you have a short timeline and something that doesn't give you time to consider all of those things. Um, What's what I mean by slow design. Got it. And also going back to the curriculum of, you know, if that's not considered, how do you problem solve and how do you, you know, fast track what sustainability looks like to you in what you do. And then going from there and, and, you know, involving that deeper into whatever you
1: choose to do with that career path. Right, that makes sense.
3: Got it. Would it would it be a designing a specific or solving a specific problem in this class, or something in particular like a product or using cradle to cradle ideologies?
0: Probably using cradle to cradle, but there's there's also so much more that goes into it. I, I feel like just teaching the fundamentals of like what we were talking about earlier with like key right. ethics in the workplace and you know, ethics surrounding the environment and things like that; those are also important things to stage in that that curriculum conversation.
3: Totally understand. I like this. I've yeah. been on board with this for a while, so we're on we're on the same wavelength. Love it, <laughs> Michelle. It's your turn. You are you are my teacher, so I need to learn. What 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 am I doing?
2: Well, I feel that a class about design ethics would be great which already exists and i feel that it should be incorporated in every class mm. just kind of as a foundation but i guess i wish there was a class where i could learn more and research more about what happens to digital things that we don't use anymore Oh, good um, yeah for a graphic designer You're not always working with physical things. And of course, I feel that you could probably find the answer faster when it comes to learning about things that you print out and where that waste goes. But I guess a class about your digital footprint as a designer and your responsibility towards just handling your work in the right way. I guess that would be interesting.
3: Yeah, it's like a life cycle class. Yeah. You and Gigi <laughs> can teach it together because it sounds like it's you're on the same, you're also sure. thinking on the same, which is good to hear.
0: Life um, cycle, I like that.
1: that yeah, it's, it's your,
3: yeah, it's your joint co-taught life cycle class by you two. Super. <laughs> <laughs> or fun. Yeah, I just have one more question for you because we're running out of time. And this kind of came up as I was talking Um, earlier about your classmates and specifically the ones that maybe didn't care or didn't seem to care based on what you noticed. How do we make or how do we get them um, interested in the climate or interested in designing more responsibly? What kind of advice can you give to all the design educators about there to, is it through a project? Is it through a reading? Like, how do we get them more uh, excited about this?
0: I think for me and what got me excited mm-hmm. about it and what I could tell from and remember from my previous classes as well is is watching documentaries on, like, climate change and how very real and how documentarians tell that story and how they bring it to an urgent perspective. So I guess through a way of teaching it through documentaries and also, you know, doing your research. I feel is what motivated us to get,
3: you know, inspired. Did it motivate you through fear or how did it motivate?
0: That's a good question. But I mean, I think I think it's a little bit of theater and inspiration,
3: Uh, like, That's the hopeful part.
0: Yeah, that's the hopeful part, of course. And I see nothing wrong in that. Like that, that's like a big part of the reason why I do what I do is through that, that, so that, you know, I, along with many other designers who think the same way, a lot of climate designers as well, and make change.
3: Yeah, I think you're spot on there because all of those documentaries that I've seen have been scary, depressing, but at the same time they are hopeful like they don't end like okay just curl up in a ball now we're done it's yeah. it it's provides things that you can do um other things to learn about so i feel i feel the same way
0: yeah like the action part like the the call to action either links or you know discussions at the end is something that I think for every documentary I've seen, like I've always gone to those links just because yeah. it's what one of my personal interests
1: are. And it surprised my-
3: me in a class that I taught once where we, we actually had a climate scientist in my class. Uh, he talked about it and then a student raised his hand and said, but is this something that my generation has to worry about? And I was a little taken aback by that. And <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs>
3: I think he was too.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
3: Maybe we assume too many more people than actually are uh, aware of it.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, like, not aware of it. The, the issue of like curriculum and how we can make this a part of, you know, the greater knowledge, you know, mm. like that person probably didn't really know, you know, too, too, I don't know. Maybe I'm assuming, but. Maybe he was unaware.
3: Yeah. Well, it sounds like just showing these films is like a sense of honesty, right? Like just be honest with the students and let them draw their own conclusions from it.
1: Yeah. Michelle, what do you think about this question?
2: I think that it would probably take trial and error because, you know, you have to know your students And you have to know how to introduce something to them in a way that's interesting, Yeah. but I personally am interested in something if my professor is passionate about it, or if they, if they're saying it's a serious thing, they obviously have more experience than you do. And so. It's probably something that you should take more seriously,
1: right? But
2: I'm not sure exactly how I would try to get my students more interested because, you know, everyone's different. So
3: yeah, that's true. There, there's not like a design student is the same everywhere. Yeah, that's not true, right? Um, but I like that that uh, idea about just being showing your passion like showing that that can radiate out. It's contagious. Yeah. Well, thanks both of you for spending an hour with me on the show. I really appreciate it. And I do hope that this, well, you are now part of the Climify Network, like you brought brought up the idea of network in the beginning. So maybe this network can help you in your next steps and your job search and career. So I'll ask you one more time, Michelle, where can we find you online if we're looking for the work that you're doing?
0: Michelle Wynn.design.
3: Gigi, where can we find you?
0: Um, You can find me on the climatedesigners.org website. Just type in my name. Uh, I am a recognized climate designer. And you can also find my personal portfolio at giannaromerodesigns.com.
3: Thank you. And it sounds like Michelle needs to get on the designers.org site as well. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Thank you both. It was really nice to learn from you today. And it's, it's uh, I think, brave of you, right, to come on and, and tell us pro- professors what we're doing right and wrong. I really appreciate that you did that because I think there's a lot to learn from what you both of you had to say. Yeah, thank you.
0: This is very insightful and a lot of fun. Thank you.
3: This podcast is written, produced, and engineered by me. Designed by Bashul Rashik and Mark O'Brien. With social media strategy by Michelle Wynn. Music by Casual Motive. Well, that's a wrap. Season two is over, as are the U.S. midterm elections, Twitter, American and Canadian Thanksgivings, and nearly 2022. This season, the show's focused on why we should rebrand Climate Action and how we can do it. I learned from my guests that indeed we should rethink how we tell our climate stories. We need more engaging campaigns that are designed for very specific audiences, which embrace their local experiences in the messaging. These can be funny, but most importantly, they need to give folks actionable steps that they can take. And in the messaging, the design might be more successful without even mentioning the words climate change at all. I also learned that the principles of healthy soil can be inspiration for how designers can create. Answers to our climate problems are all around us, and that our indigenous brothers and sisters have known this for a very long time. We should listen, embrace complexity, think in systems, and help one another. Designers know every single one of us needs to be resilient and hopeful. A climate muskox, because every fraction of a degree is worth fighting for. So, until next season, enjoy your holidays and keep on doing good work. And speaking of the holidays, I may have a little gift for you on December 14th, so don't go hibernating quite yet.
2: Thanks for listening to Climify. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. To catch all the latest on Climify, you can follow us on Instagram at Climify Podcast. Climify is part of Climate Designers. Learn more at climatedesigners.org edu.